right, so we spent time talking about um, uh, Sunday. We talked on uh, uh, just uh, the difference between single and covenant relationships. And we talked about there's two types of relationships. So there's single or covenant. So, you know, the reason I want these guys to take notes because the reality is like every, every you know, we always talk about dating, right? Well, well, the person that you open yourself up to should be leading to who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, so otherwise, let's say if that person is not leading to the rest of your life. So how does that relationship play out? So, you, they, you know, these guys are young. Some of you are young. You're single. If this is not your covenant relationship, how does it play out? Even if it's just, you know, um, I'm getting mine. Somebody getting hurt, right? And you reap what you sow, right? Mm-hmm. So if you hurt somebody, what's, what's going to happen? So some of the people that are older in here, when it's time for y'all to talk, please jump in on this. Make, make a little note because it's time for y'all to talk. I want y'all to share. Most of, most of the people in here that are older are still reeling from what's happened to them in high school or what's happened to them when they was young. It's shaped every relationship since. So in one breath, you can go, oh, they just, they just, they just in school. And what, what, you know, we're transparent at our church here. What frustrates us as pastors when we're dealing with parents is parents ain't thinking about the kids. They're thinking about all the things they missed out on, the prom they missed out on. Oh, how that's cute. Your kids be this little. You be like, oh, that's cute. Hey, boyfriend and girlfriend. I said, no, 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 you're not helping them children. They don't know what boyfriend and girlfriend is. They don't know how to be in the covenants. But you're doing these things that you call cute, and it's going to cost them their lives. But you're saying, I love my baby. Why is, it, why is loving our children always something that pacifies them, not something that prepares them? Not something that equips, equips them? Because no greater love than this. We, that's the scripture we used on Sunday, right? John 15, 13. Right, that a man will lay down his love, his love for, lay down his life for a friend. And Pastor Mel said it, lay down his life for his friend. So when we truly care, we're supposed to be preparing our children to have a fulfilling relationship with some of us had never experienced, and and some of us are working to establish in our lives now. But you, it didn't start when you were 20, 30 years old. It started. Way before their age. Like these little cute things, the things that you're calling cute. So, like if we really do care, we do what's best for our children. Right? I mean, do you just say, hey, you know what? Parents are too strict. You can just do whatever you want and let your kids just run out in the street? Were you just letting your kids run out in the street when you push them into relationships as children and, and young adults, and they're not even ready for a relationship. They're still trying to figure out purpose. But, oh, that's cute. Well, I don't think anything's wrong with that. Okay, right? And then so when, when that person's mentally dealing with stuff for the rest of their life, like, I, like the person that was closest, well, well, my mom, based on a relationship, she was mental her entire life. I never knew my mom as sane. And it didn't happen because of she, somebody slipped her some drugs. It didn't happen hereditarily. It happened because of a relationship, a bad relationship. One. 
not 15, not 25, one. Mentally, she was never the same for the rest of her life. Okay, so you have thought about that, back? Well, <laughs> tell me how you really feel. No, uh, I just, relationships no, are serious. No, it really is. I mean, you know, and a lot of times, I mean, you talked about the children, but even adults as, as, as uh, you know, older people, we don't even look at when we, you know, slip and dip and slide and glide and what <laughs> all those things. You know, we really are... <laughs> We really are opening ourselves up to self-sabotaging our future. Mm. And, and so as you were talking about that, I was thinking it's across the board. You know, I mean, because you're right. You, you see all the little pictures with the little kids, you know, uh, little boy and little girl kissing each other. And, and what do we say? Oh, that's so cute. Because on the outside, it does look kind of cute. I mean, you know, but the reality is, you know, we do have to check ourselves. You're not me included. I mean, because I'll be the first to be, oh, look at them. They're, they're so cute. They're finding, them. they're finding a relationship within themselves at this young of age. But at the same token, it's, it's opening themselves up uh, and, and giving away their innocence, you know, because kids don't know how to treat each other either. You know, they can say some cruel things to uh, the, the child and, and crush the child forever. I mean, I can remember, you know, things that were said to me when I was small, and I'm still, you know, from time to time, I have a flashback, you know, like, oh, Lord. I remember, um, this is, um, now when I say this, my mother is like, she's super duper just on, she's perfect at this point. When you hear this, Mom, you're yes. super duper and you're just perfect. <laughs> but there was a time in your life <laughs> when uh, you were challenged in some areas and, and uh, she said something I was trying to try, she wanted me to turn up the, the television. Well, it had all these little knobs on it and you know, she might have been, Mom, you probably was high at the time, so I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway, so she asked me to turn up the knob, right, and uh, the, the volume. And so I, I was like frantic trying to figure out which knob to actually turn up. Not that one, girl. I mean, she started to get kind of upset with me because I couldn't find out which knob she, was, she wanted me to turn up. So after the second knob, it still wasn't the right knob. And so I'm, uh, at this point, I'm frantic. And she's like, that knob, girl, that knob. And I'm like, what knob? I mean, I'm just in my mind saying that. I would never tell her that. So anyway, she said, she said either, she said, uh, you stupid. Well, when she said that, I didn't realize at the time, it didn't really matter. I guess at the time, I just wanted to make sure I find the knob that she wanted me to, to do. Well, it wasn't until years and years later we were married and we got into this heated argument and he said to me, that is stupid. I didn't hear that is stupid. I heard you're stupid. Now, I got to thinking, I said, where did that come from? Why was it such a, a horrible why was that such a horrible thing for me? And how, how come it affected me the way it did? And the Lord reminded me. He traced it all the, back, all the way back when I was, I, I might have been maybe, I don't know, six years old when it happened. But that's where that came from. And I mean, when he said that, I think I was, I was hurt for like two weeks. What the, I mean, and the thing about me. Two weeks? Was it longer? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, so so y'all know how energetic I am? Imagine Pastor Melanie just like zapped, like no energy, just like, just, I mean, just like, I 
think I was probably looking bad, honey, at that time. You think? <laughs> it was bad. Um, but that, but it had that much weight on me, all because when I was little, what was said to me. So some, sometimes uh, little kids can be in relationships, and they can say some cruel things to the person and really jack them up for the rest of their life. So, I, so, so mm-hmm. it kind of segues us into what we talked about Sunday was what your plan offers. So everything starts with a healthy communion with God. So you want to play off of your relationship with God. You know, everybody that's going through different things, trying to figure out is this the right one or should we do this and should we do this? That's all wonderful, but it's kind of hard to see clearly if you don't put, have the right lenses on. In this particular case, is, is your communion with God. You know, so Matthew 22 tells us that you know, it tells us to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. So you start there. And this is the tough thing. I'm saying this to every, all of us in the room. If we don't have a healthy communion with God, mm-hmm. how do we know what we see is, is the true reality? Like a lot of times, like, so, so, you know, okay, so let's say Chris over there, you have a conversation with his mom and be like, mom, you don't know what you're talking about. So let's say Chris said, made that thought either outwardly or to the mirror, you know, just depending on the situation. All right, so, so I don't know if he's ever said that. I don't know if you ever had that conversation, but once you make the statement, you don't know what you're talking about, you're saying in that moment what? I know what I'm talking about. And you're confident that what I see is correct. The challenge is if you're not in communion with God, are you seeing correct? If you're compromising your relationship with God, could your view be skewed? And let's say mom goes, you know what, Chris? We're going to do it your way. Because Chris is a great speaker. He's convincing or he's mad enough where she don't want to hear what he got to say. So now she does what Chris thinks she should do. But Chris is clouded because he doesn't have a communion with God. So now not only is he going in the wrong direction, but the whole family is going in the wrong direction based on responding to just how Chris feels at the time. Right, we're in a better position if we set ourselves to be in communion with God. So, and this is the thing, you know, when I was child, I thought as a child, understood as a child, spake as a child. We talked about that last week, but it starts with growing from operating sneaky in our life to integrity. Like a lot of times, a lot of us are hiding. Now, even the even look, look my business. Oh. oh, oh. I'm a private person. But the scripture, scripture says, let your light shine. Privacy, normally, when, when we say we're private persons and we go, you know, I'm just behind the scenes, is normally I don't want to be exposed. If you don't want to be exposed, you have something to hide. So if you live that, that way as your foundation, how's that going to carry in a relationship? Mm-hmm. A relationship is all about exposure. The key to us becoming one is I have to open myself up for her to get inside. She has to open herself up for me to get inside. But if I'm hiding, we're in the same room, but we're not together. And so there's going to be a lot of misunderstanding because I'm operating on only what she reveals. She's operating on only what I reveals. That's confusing because... I'm, I'm, but, but at the same time, my natural design is picking up something else. Her natural design is picking up something else. 
So, so like in the early years, that the day when she was bothered about the, uh, the uh, me, uh, what did you just say? I, I said you were. Uh, that, no, you I said, said that, that was stupid. stupid. Well, <laughs> it was wrong. But at the time, to me, it's a blanket statement. <laughs> yeah, I just kept on going about my business, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so now, for for the, the couple weeks she's talking about, yes, she was funky. But it was a couple weeks. I'm like, okay, I know something. I'm asking. For what? What's going on? Nothing. So, so okay, wait. Something's happening here. Not nothing. Now, part of it was if I don't communicate right, he gonna break me down. Like I bet I better come correct to explain myself. I wouldn't. I was a part of the her walking on eggshells. But some of it was like just keeping to herself. She may have thought, well, I can't share this. This might be insecure. Whatever the case. Whatever the case may be. I'm picking up one thing. She's expressing something else. Right? You don't, there's no harmony there. You don't flow together there. You see what I'm saying? So we got to go from, from being sneaky to operating in integrity. Mm-hmm. Right? And integrity, see, you're sensitive to God because God, what? Looks on the outward appearance, man looks on the, God looks on the heart, man looks on the outward appearance. So everything is heart to heart, not surface to surface. We can, Y'all see it all the time and you've been in some superficial relationships. Well, I want to keep this presentation going as long as I can. Let's not get to the truth. Mm -hmm. And then every time you think the person is going to discover your your flaws or some of your challenges, you, you try to create a diversion. Now, in some cases, you try to panic and start an argument. But in some cases, you try to buy them stuff do something for them. You know, like just keep them busy where no one deals with your, your issue or your heart. Well, that's not no good relationship. That, that relationship is an exposure away from fault. It's just, as it's, 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 it's soon as the truth is revealed, it's going to be a crash there. Because you're living a lie. Right? The God, everything in the Bible says God looks on the heart. It, it says, uh, look, look, let me give you this scripture. Second, second Timothy, well, first Corinthians 16, 7 is man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. I'm sorry. First Samuel 16, 7 is that scripture. But we're going to go to it's right here. Second okay. Corinthians 10, verse 7. Second Corinthians 10, verse 7. So now this is our measure for a, a genuine relationship. All right. The person I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with, right, Ed? Like, I, heart to heart, like, I don't want no surprises. You don't want no surprises, like, you know, 10 years down the road, you got a serial killer or something, right? <laughs> Verse 7, it says, <coughs> it says, uh, 2 Corinthians 10 7. Now, this is after he says, 2 Corinthians 3, it says, uh, it starts out in verse 3, it says, look, we, 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 you know, we don't, you know, we don't war after the flesh and things like that, you know, but the weapons are warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, right? That's how he opens up. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing is all the suffocates knowledge of God. Might be paraphrasing, but that's close to what the scripture says, right? So it gets into three. Then it says, having a readiness in verse six to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled, right? It says something close to that. That might be almost accurate, but uh, 
Then, after it says, after it tells us about the weapons of our warfare, after it says casting down imaginations, and it says having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled, verse 7 it says, do, do ye look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. It's saying, Okay, so it says, if, if we trust ourselves based on, on looking at even what we present or looking at what seems right on the outside, hey, 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 think again. Like, like, like think again. Th there's a trueness that we all have to get to. There's, a, there's a, a trueness that we're all looking through in every relationship we have. Now, the people that are single, the people that are young and single are, are at a greater benefit because you can actually get the right thing now. Even though your loins or your flesh is going to tell you to compromise. Man, forget this, man. Just get the pleasure. But you actually can make sure you don't deal with any craziness that you see in a relationship. You, you, you have a great opportunity. If you're single, you have a wonderful opportunity because actually you can go in right. But guess what? You ain't going in right if you ain't right. You ain't even looking for right. You're looking for the same front that you're presenting. If you're operating in discipline, integrity, and righteousness, and communion, and holiness, guess what, guess what you're looking for? Righteousness, discipline, integrity, holiness. That's what you're looking for. You won't settle for anything less than that. Like, like who needs to waste time? You know, especially, you know, you're single, so you got... You got these young people are single. Then you got a little bit older than them that's single. Then you got some old, older that are single. Oh, ain't nobody got no time to be like going through no craziness. But you can guarantee that if you sanctify yourself now. Let me put a plug in there. Yeah. Uh, so Psalms 51.6 says, Behold, uh, you desire, I'm going to read this out of the King. James Version, it says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, uh, and in the hidden parts you will make me to know wisdom. So wisdom actually comes, here he's actually saying wisdom will actually uh, come about if truth in our inward part is exposed. Because see, truth actually is looking, well, uh, wisdom is looking for truth. And we all need wisdom in every situation that we have to deal with, whether it's on your job, whether it's you know, with your kids, whether it's with your husband, wife, whatever. We need wisdom to figure out how to, how to navigate with that relationship. And so the other thought I, I thought about was um, uh, God desires, he said, they that worship me must worship me in spirit and what? In truth. And, and so, but it's, it's, so, so even our worship can be superficial. We can raise our hand. We can look like we're happy. We can look like we're spinning around. I mean, there was people that shout like, like you know, shout heaven down, you know. Uh, but is it really from their inward parts? Is it for show? Is it, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just amazing uh, how we uh, either are afraid to walk in truth or we are embarrassed to walk in truth. Um, and we don't realize the truth is what actually sets us free. It makes us free. 
So truth, he mm. desires truth in our inward part. That's the inside of Melanie, who like the core of Melanie, not the 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 Melanie that you know everybody sees, you know, uh, uh, glammed up or whatever, you know, because we can look the part, but is our heart lining up with it? And and I I really believe that every relationship that's founded in God, I'm telling you, that's key. If that relationship, if if your relationship is founded in God, all the other relationships actually become a little bit more easier when your relationship is founded in God. In other words, if you have a good, solid relationship with God, like it's it's not superficial. You're telling Him when you are hurt. You know, you're crying out to Him when you're saddened or whatever the case is. You know, you're very transparent when things, uh, you know, don't line up in the, in the way that you think that it should, or you know, or or even if it's something that the Bible is actually telling you to do and it's hard for you to do, but you 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 don't, you're not honest with God to, to tell Him where you really are. He already knows it, but He just wants us to confess it to to you know, because think about it, what's not exposed can't be helped. So if you don't think you need help, if I don't think I need help, then why would he even help me? So truth is huge, man. Truth is so big. And I think, you know, we, we're afraid of truth because we, we're afraid of, you know, what the person's going to think, what the person's going to say, what the person's going to do, you know, um, how you're going to be perceived if you tell the truth. You know, mm-hmm. I know for, for years, um, even in our relationship, there were times I didn't speak my truth because I didn't want to be looked at as insecure. I didn't want him to look at everything that I did through the lenses of insecurity. Because, you know, that's possible. You know, if a person's dealing with insecurity and, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's moments of flare-ups of the insecurity, well, the person can be like, here she go again, she insecure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I found myself not saying anything because I didn't want him to look at me through those lenses, as opposed to saying, hey, you know, I know that in the past, I've, and I'm still working on not being uh, insecure, you know, uh, but this one, I can tell you now, I'm insecure with this situation. But see, it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, humility, it takes humility, uh, courage, you know, to stand up and admit that, especially with someone like him, because y'all know Pastor. Can y'all imagine being married to Pastor? Nope. <laughs> I'm saying this respectfully. What no, does that mean? No, I'm saying. <laughs> what does that mean? No, he a is a thing, very right? exhaustive th- a thinker and talker. So, and I'm a talker too. So, can you imagine our little disagreements, man? It was like all nighters. It was two. It was a week. I mean, it was two weeks. It was. <laughs> You know, but we got through it, and, and uh, but a lot of it had to be we had to tell help tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Had to talk it talk had it to through. Had to talk it through. Yeah. Well, well, I so that wasn't that was uh, having uh, going from just communion with God helps us to go from sneaky to integrity, being sensitive to God. Number one. Mm-hmm. The second thing is to be sensitive to audience. Mm-hmm. You know, because remember, you, you you love God, and the scripture says love. Love, love, didn't you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind? But it also says, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So you start everything with a sensitivity to God. The next thing is a sensitivity to your audience. Let's look at uh, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, verse 14. It's something that Jesus was talking to his disciples, just trying to have a teaching moment with them. So he said, It says, Now the disciples have forgotten to take bread. Uh, 
neither had they uh, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. So it's saying, you know, just this, uh, that which is a poisoning or, 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 or corrupting the flow. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. So they, they were still playing off of their present circumstances, but really couldn't pick up what Jesus was saying. And when Jesus knew what they knew it, he said unto them, why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive, perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have, have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not. Having ears, hear ye not. And do you not remember? And so he, he, he goes into saying how, he, man, if, if we needed bread, if it was about bread, I fed, I fed like 15,000 people already. So why would I be talking about bread? He said, no, no, I'm talking about be aware of your audience. I'm talking about the stuff that you blow off. Because we're in these relationships. And, and some of them are poisonous. And we're not even paying attention. We're just exposed, just carefree, do 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 do, allowing ourselves. And then you say to yourself, where did this funk come from? Where did this fear come from? Why can't I get past my, my pain? Who are you around? And what are you absorbing? Mm -hmm. So when you go into this full audience, so, so we had this conversation at a Bible study on, on one of the campuses I, in, when I was in Ohio. And so the, so, so, so we have a Bible study this night, and everybody rushing to eat, and then they're leaving. And I'm like, so where's everybody going? And so one of the guys said, oh, we're going to, I won't say the particular name, but they're going to such and such concert, right? So, so very popular person, very popular female at this particular time. And so one of the other guys saw the look on my face. Now, he was staying. He said, uh, it was a great line, he said, uh, uh, freedom of entertainment, something like that. He just kind of broke it down. You know, he had he capsulizes freedom of entertainment. And so, way I flowed is whether I had a topic or not, that Bible study was going to be that topic today. So I said, okay, we said freedom of freedom of entertainment. I said, so you guys are Christians. And it was like, yeah. I said, so you go on to this particular concert, right? I said, what are the, what are the majority of the people going to that concert going for? Are they going because they're Christians? I said, no. So they said, no. I said, so I said, they're going, this person sings decent, but ain't nobody going to see this person sing. Now, I won't say the name because we're, this is being videotaped, but the, the person, matter of fact, they was going to see the person dance <laughs> in next to nothing, but it wasn't, trust me, the person was not that good of a singer. They ain't that good of a singer now. Since I, since I said the name, I can say what it is. Uh, so, so I said, so I said, so when all those people housing those lust demons show up at the concert, but you just come in because you love hearing that person sings. Who do you think is the target in the room? You. Okay, we just use a concert. So we go, we'll, we'll go to the speaking engagement, and this person is practicing in the occult. But since you're not paying attention, you don't know that. So you go there because this person is, they, they, they're paid, this guy's paid, he made, he's a great speaker. Well, 
most of the people that's coming in there, they're, they're, they're flowing in that same vein as that person. Who do you think is the target in that room? And you're all those, those spirits go, we're crowded in this house. I see a vacancy over there. <laughs> Why well, hang out with these thousand demons when I can have my own place? <laughs> so so we, 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 but we'll, what we do is we'll find, you know, me and the youth, uh, uh, we talked about some things uh, last week, like we even, even with music, we'll find, we're we waiting for somebody that we like to say, just say God or use some, some blessed or, or higher power. We don't know what higher power they're referring to. We don't know what God they're referring to. And you don't know what they're, what, what they're calling blessed. We don't look that far. We just expose ourselves. This is saying, be sensitive to our audience. I'm going to let you jump in here in a second. So, at 1 Corinthians 11, it says, I, I don't, I'm not a child. I'm, I consider my audience now. You know, remember when I, when I was a child, thought as a child, children don't consider their audience. They think about themselves and what what's, what's convenient for them. But when we mature, we put off childish things. So, we grow beyond ignorance and negligence. So, yeah, everybody's not evil. I agree. We'll agree with you. Everybody's not evil. But the thing is, everybody's not exempt from ignorance and negligence. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I'm a man of God. I live for God. But I sure crashed my, I sure got a, I, well, I could have died. I was making a U-turn. You know, in New Jersey, you can make U-turns. You can't make U-turns in Ohio. I was making a U-turn and a pickup truck flying. It was flying. And now, I kept saying it came out of nowhere. That's what I told my wife. Obviously, it didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> but I didn't see it in my blind spot. Did you lie to me? <laughs> I said it came out of nowhere because to me it came out of nowhere. Oh, okay. But the reality is <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't just appear, you know. <laughs> and so I, didn't, I, I looked in my, my rearview mirrors. I was like, cool, let me make this U-turn because I'm going the wrong way. Well, when that, when that vehicle, as fast as it was going, hit me, hit me right on the driver's side. Glass, whenever it's like something in a movie. Glass was shattering everywhere. Thank God I didn't get cut up or nothing. It was, I, I, I was protected. But guess what? Was that because I was evil? I wasn't being evil. I, hey, I was praying. praying. She might say too much. I was reading. She might say too much. Right? Serving in the kingdom. But guess what? In that moment, it was negligence. I wasn't supposed to make the U-turn. Now, in my particular case, if I would have died that day, which I very well could have, oh, this, this man of God, man, why did God take him? God wouldn't have took me. I made the turn. You weren't in the car. You wouldn't have been in my thoughts. You wouldn't have known nothing that was going on with me. But basically, I was being negligent. And in some cases, I've been ignorant. Exposed myself to people that didn't have, didn't care nothing about me, was hustling, was manipulative. They were carrying poisons. And I got around them and I was like, what's going on? Because I was ignorant. I wasn't trying to be evil. If I let that, that spirit jump on me and I start living out that spirit, you'd be like, man, that dude, he was handling his business at one time. But I don't know, what's wrong with that fool? You can't tell him that. He, he, he's a head case now. How did it start, though? Ignorance. So when we go around and not being sensitive to our audience, 
under the guise of it's all good and everybody's, everybody's so wonderful and positive. Everybody is not wonderful and positive. They're just not. Not because, like, everybody's not going to be wonderful and positive because you want them to be. They're making their choices. People, do y'all understand we're at the highest level of people practicing witchcraft and occult, That's occultism? True. We'll talk about it a little bit with the youth. We'll get it to, to, to the sanctuary eventually. But you, like, so we playing around with stuff, and people, we talked about it with, with a, remember one of the songs on Thursday, how did they, did the album cover, or CD cover, they had the stuff written backwards. So with tempting you what? I wonder what this says. So people will put up to a mirror, read it, and it was actually, uh, confessing your soul to the devil. But people was buying this group. This is a very popular rap group at the time. They had already sold their soul. And, you know, they, they bumping and grinding like, oh, yeah, yeah this, this is my groove right here. <laughs> and the whole time you opening your spirit up for something. It's even, it's more subtle than that now. So, so now when you're walking around not paying attention, not sensitive to your audience, that's what you're exposing yourself to. That's good. Um, James 4.4, I wanted to read this real quick. Uh, interesting, this is out of the King James Version. It says, uh, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy with God. Now that's some strong, some strong word right there, uh, him saying that he basically called us adulterers, adulteress and adulterers. Um, and it, 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 when you think of, 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 of being uh, in an adulterous uh, relationship, then somebody's not being faithful, right? That's what he's basically saying. That's good. You are not faithful to me. You're more faithful to the world mm -hmm. than you are me. And it's tough because we live in a world right now where everything is just good. All everything is good. I mean, everything is just good. You know, uh, it's not. But I'm saying everybody has that mindset. It's all good, but it's not. It really isn't. And so you know, it's almost like you know the enemy knows that. If he could keep us thirsty a little bit for the world, like like still have that in us, because the scripture says, you're new creatures in Christ, old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. Well, become is, is a, a continuation. So we're always, we, we should always be looking to become the new Melanie, the new Keith, the new you, not the old way of doing things. Like the old, you know, uh, lasciviousness is uh, one of the, yeah. uh, it's like a partying party spirit, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, people get saved and they still got that spirit on them. They want to party. And so the goal is, is to change, you know, but allow the Holy Spirit and you, you know, move closer to God. And, 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 but if, when you start to dip and slide and all that stuff into the world, before you know it, you'll, you'll blend in without thinking. You'll blend in and, and be, become a part of what you always said that you didn't want to do. But just because you're in that environment, it pulls, it sucks you in. And especially when you are still spiritually growing and you're not at a level of maturity to even uh, 
be aware or to be able to say no, mm-hmm. you know? And so why put ourselves in compromising situations, especially when we know this is a weakness? You know, if, 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 if drinking was my thing, well, that's, that wouldn't be something I would, would probably go around somebody that's drinking because it's going to remind me of, hey, I used to drink. And, and, and then we have triggers, you know, we have triggers. You, you go around somebody, they smoking, and guess what? You're going to want to fire up a cigarette too. So I'm just saying, why do we tease ourselves by, you know, if we're, if we're standing for righteousness, if we're standing up, you know, to be like Christ, why are we one foot in church and another foot out in the world? And it's tough, y'all, because everybody wants to have fun, right? But they think that the only way they can have fun is... <laughs> participating in the things of the world and that's really not true what it is is the enemy is so cunning he does not want that thirst to go away and so he's constantly looking for opportunities that we'll say yes to and so we got to watch it and it's tough because I know you know we we say oh it ain't all that but it is Mm -hmm. we have to really look at when we say yes to this, what are we really saying yes to? That's good. Like we really gotta like we gotta, and it's tough. It was something that we something happened. I think we I really wanted to do it. I I don't I can't remember what it was, but I really wanted to do it. But the Holy Spirit challenged me on it. Now some of us are challenged, but we ignore the challenge. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will you know, I don't want you to do that. And you'd be like trying to justify why it's okay. I know I've done it before. So, and I can't remember what, I, maybe I'll think of it before we leave, but it was something that was like, oh, what the big, what's the big deal? It's, not, it's nothing really major, but it really was. So, go ahead. All right, so we, so we just talked about sensitivity to God first. Uh, then we said sensitivity to your audience. That's what we just discussed. And now we'll talk about sensitive to your boundaries, and then we'll let you guys ask some questions and chime in. So sensitive to, uh, sensitivity to boundaries, or rather discerning your boundaries. The scripture says the natural man can't understand the things of God, nor can he discern them, for they're spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2.14. So recognize, see, the thing is, the adversary's job was having a conversation with a guy in Ohio today, and we were talking, I said, well, the adversary's job is to blind you from the boundaries. Because as long as you're aware of the boundaries, you may consider, okay, I shouldn't do this or may not do this, or feel a level of conviction. But his job is to numb that conviction and then numb the boundaries, get you to a place where you're desensitized. So now you'll walk outside of the presence of God and cost yourself everything that's important to you. So what he does is he'll keep you around environments of compromise to a point where you're used to them. And you tell yourself, nothing's going to happen to me because, you know, that's the other thing. I have to convince you that, that it can't happen to you for you to even risk it. If you, if you believe it can happen to you, you ain't going to go nowhere near it. But if you, nah, it ain't going to happen to me. Normally, that person takes more chances. And so when we think about being sensitive to boundaries, the scripture tells us in Ephesians 5.15, it says, walk circumspectly. Right? Be intentional. So what that's saying is walk with an awareness. Be intentional about what you're around. Uh, Ephesians 4.17, it talks about vainglory. It says, avoid self-centeredness. Because if I'm only focused on self, I can't see what's around me. I can't see the boundaries. I'm just doing what's comfortable and convenient for me. Uh, So that's uh, Ephesians 4.17. I'm just going to give you the scriptures and then we'll have a discussion. 
in Haggai verses chapter 1 verses uh, 5 and 7 as he was talking out now in, in this process he was talking obviously when you read through the scripture uh, so I don't take it out of context he was talking about the people taking care running back taking care of what's important to them their seal houses and forgetting God's house at the time and he says uh, he, he said consider your ways in, in verse 5 in verse 7 he said consider your ways again so when you when when you're trying to be sensitive to boundaries, you have to consider your ways or the impact you have on others. And then I, I, I the scripture I want to read. Well, I'll, I'll give you Proverbs four twenty three, and it talks about guarding your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. It says, guard your heart, don't neglect you. So the opposite of guarding your heart. Mm-hmm. That's what's called the interference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The opposite of guarding your heart would be uh, neglecting your heart. So when you just expose yourself to anything and everything, you're neglecting your heart, right? But it says guard it with all diligence, right? But let's look at Proverbs 14, just for, uh, let's see if Pastor Mel have a thought, and then we'll let you guys jump in with any questions or thoughts. All right, so 14... What did I say? Where are we at? 15. 14, 15. Is it? Okay. 14, 15. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. That's okay. All right. So Proverbs 14, 15, it says, the simple believeth every word. So, so anything and everything people tell them, right? But the prudent man looketh well on his going. So the prudent, that word prudent means intentional and discreet. The prudent person is intentional with the path that he's take. The simple person just goes for everything. Or as the scripture says, is tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So everything that sounds good normally pulls that person out of their, their what they've established as their foundation. All right, so, well, so, I like this uh, mm. verse 16. It says, a wise man feareth and departeth from evil. Uh, but the fool, what is that? Rages, Rages and is confident. <laughs> and is confident. So you see that all the time. That you know, a person is running from evil, but the fool almost yelling and screaming his way into craziness. And when you try to give a person a different direction, they they, they rise up. You, you ever notice you never saw an attitude in your kid until they start doing com- participating in compromise. And some of y'all, some of us adults in our relationships and our marriages and stuff like that. Like you don't see no rise up until somebody's compromised. You ever notice that? Because you know, when nobody's compromised, there's nothing to rise up about. But people want to defend their compromise so they have to catch an attitude, almost scare you away from presenting the truth to them. Right, just something to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you let them jump in? Yeah. All right, so, so, so give me some thoughts of either what you heard or questions you may have as it relates to uh, what we've been talking about today. Basically, you know, um, uh, being sensitive, communion with God, being sensitive to God, being sensitive to our audience, and being sensitive to boundaries, which actually, interesting enough, it, it kind of ties into what the ladies have been talking about. I just thought about it. Get right with God, get right with others, and get right with yourself. Deep. All right. Any thoughts or questions from anybody? 